Hi everyone and welcome to the Happiness After Loss Summit. I'm Lois McCullough and I'm your host for this wonderful series of interviews. Our experts are going to motivate you and inspire you and share with you some simple things you can do in your life to break free from grief and live the life of purpose and passion that's waiting for you. I am so delighted to welcome Andrea Beeman to our summit today. Now, Andrea is a nationally renowned holistic health coach, natural foods chef, and thyroid expert who teaches worldwide using a natural healing approach. Andrea was voted by Greatest.com as one of the top 100 most influential health and fitness experts. She was a featured contestant on Bravo's hit reality TV show, Top Chef, is a regularly featured food and health expert on CBS News, and is the host of the award-nominated Fed Up. Andrea is an inspirational keynote speaker and teaches fun cooking classes and health seminars to a wide base of clients. She also is the creator of Nourishing Thyroid Health, an extensive online program for people seeking to heal their thyroid conditions naturally. Andrea's fourth book, Happy Healthy Thyroid, is releasing late spring of 2015. So hi Andrea, welcome to our summit today. Hello, Lois. I'm exhausted. You, uh, it seems like I'm doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, you are. Such inspiring stuff, too. <laughs> How wonderful. Thank you for spending some time with us today. Yes, um, of course. So, Andrea, I've just shared a little bit about you with our listeners, but is there anything else that you would like to add, or perhaps why the whole subject of um, happiness after a loss resonated with you on a personal level? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, my my entire business is actually came from a loss, you know, like um and my, and my, you know, my jump start into health and wellness came from loss. I had um when I was in my early 20s, my mom had breast cancer for the second time. She had it back in the 80s. And in the the 80s, you know, they did a radical mastectomy. And what that was is they took off the breast and all the tissue and all the, the lymph nodes, and they really took a lot of the body away when they did a radical mastectomy. It was really radical. And um, and then it was like 11 years later, you know, like after they say, oh, don't worry, you know, you're not gonna, you know, the cancer didn't come back after five years, you're clear. But 11 years after the cancer came back, and I was in my early 20s at the time, and this time it was everywhere. The breast cancer was... Even though she no longer had the breast, the breast cancer was in the brain, it was in her bones, it was in her lungs, it was in her liver, it was everywhere. So we tried um, conventional medicine again, uh, you know, chemotherapy and radiation. And then my dad had read a book about um, healing naturally using food as medicine. And we started to incorporate some of those foods into my mom's diet. And although my mom didn't come back from, you know, this... Uh, this diagnosis of cancer for the second time, I we saw, we all saw the changes in her face, in her body, in her eyes, when we started to actually give her real good quality food. So when my mom died, it was a huge, huge loss. My mom was my best friend. 
you know, I, we did everything together. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a great relationship. You know, and and watching her go through that suffering, the pain and the suffering, and the whole thing with the with the medical industry, and then um, you know having the cancer come back again. It was like um, I I was so angry. I was so angry at the entire world. I you know, it was like anti-God. I was anti-everything. I was like, you know, how could this possibly happen? How could something like this happen to someone that was so sweet she couldn't even hurt a literally a fly? <laughs> you know, like, like remember, uh, I don't know if you watched Saturday Night Live in the 80s. They had this little Mr. Bill clay doll, and they used to, like, you know, beat up the little clay doll. And my mom used to cry. She, You know, she was so <laughs> sensitive. She would cry. She'd be like, you know, they're doing this and hurting this little thing. We'd be like, Ma, it's a clay doll. You know, she was very, very sensitive. So when she died, I was so angry and I was so lost. And, you know, it was just, it was traumatizing. But I had planted the seed in my mind that after my mom died, that if I ever get diagnosed with some type of illness, that I'm going to try alternative first because we tried alternative last. And we saw a slight change in her health and her wellness and her vibrancy. And so that was the, the seed that was planted for me. And then, uh, lo and behold, five years later, I was diagnosed with incurable thyroid disease. So what I did was I went straight to alternative. And, you know, the rest is history. I mean, you know, like my mom's journey, you know, through life and death and me being there with her was the biggest loss, but it was also the greatest gain. It was the greatest gain for me. I mean, now with the information that I, I've learned, oh, my gosh, I teach, I teach millions of people around the world, you know, like about health and wellness and trying alternative methods and, you know, teaching them really to just try anything. Be open. Be open and, and be observant. And I think I answered your question. <laughs> you did. You know, like Absolutely you did. So not only oh, have good. you experienced loss of somebody else, you've it's also been a very personal, your own body journey. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that comes to mind is you did ask for that, you know. You did say to the universe, come on, test me. <laughs> yeah. I need a test. And it gave yeah. you one. Mm. It sure did. Um, yeah. Well, that is, that's, um, yeah, very cool. And I'm sorry to hear about your mum. That was not nice. You know, they do say that only the good die young. Um, you yeah. know, they, the good ones are taken from us. Um Hmm. So, Andrea, we're talking about um, happiness and happy life and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. Does does happy life actually, is it real? Um, does it actually exist? What does that mean to you, to lead a happy life? Oh, you know, it, it, it's, we, I think we need about 10 hours to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, I think that it, it is possible to live a happy life. It's, it's our perspective of life. You know, the happiness comes from the inside, not the outside. So I could, I could be in a terrible mood and, and walk to Central Park, which was one of my favorite places to be, and I could sit on a bench and not notice anything around me and not be aware of anything and just be, you know, dour and sad and upset. Or I could go into the park and the happiness is inside me. I'm having a different experience or a different perspective that day. And then everything is beautiful. So it, it's never an outside experience happiness. It's an internal experience. And it's not that it's going to last forever. You know, like, like we live in this mentality 
of, you know, like the 20 minute sitcom where everything gets resolved and, you know, everybody's happy oh, generally at the end. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's not reality. Reality is there's ups and there's downs, there's life and there's loss, there's birth and there's death, there's everything. And when we can experience everything on a very deep level and have it move through us and not become us, I think that's when happiness comes. You know, like that we understand, yes, I'm angry. And then it moves through, and then we either do something with it or we don't. Or, yes, I'm happy, and then it moves through. Like it, I, I don't believe that we can stay in an eternal state of happiness and bliss without having to experience all the other stuff. Because if we never experienced sadness, we wouldn't know what happiness is. If we never experienced anger, we wouldn't understand compassion. You know, there's so many things we really... Uh, oh, my gosh, I have a great story. Oh, maybe not so great. It's sad, but it's it's great. Um, when I first started my business, I had a young student. He was, I guess he was like 26 years old, and he was going to this, this philosophy school here in the city, same school, one of the ones that I went to, and, and I loved it. And he used to say to me, he used to say, Andrew, he goes, I don't understand. You know, they're always talking about bliss, you know, getting to that place of bliss, bliss, bliss. He goes, he goes, I, I can't get there. I can't get there. And when I get there, I can't stay there. And I used to say, I used to say, listen, it's really not about staying there. It's just about understanding that that is a piece of the reality. It's one piece of it. It's not that you're going to just be a smiling, happy little gnome, <laughs> you know, sitting around for the rest of your life just in, in a state of bliss because there's so many other factors and so many things inside and outside. And we'd have this conversation back and forth for about six months or so, and and then I, I didn't hear from him, and I didn't hear from him, but I got a call from his sister, and his sister said, you know, I'm so-and-so's sister, and um, I'm reading his suicide letter, and you're mentioned in his letter, and he wanted you to know he, that he appreciated and he loved everything that you said and tried to teach him. He said, but he didn't want to be here without the constant bliss. Oh. Oh, right? So... It's, I think, I think that trying to achieve this state of bliss, perpetual bliss, um, you know, or perpetual happiness is maybe a misconception or maybe, maybe it sets us up for more sadness, you know, because there are sad things. Like, look what just happened recently in the world, Nepal earthquake, oh over 4,000 people gone in the blink of an eye. You know, and then last week or two weeks ago, the the African um, migrants drowned, over a thousand of them drowned in the ocean. You know, there's there's a lot of things that are happening in the world, and it's some of it is sad, and some of it is happy, and some of it is, is you know, there's so many different things. So it's hard to say that we can really achieve a state of perpetual happiness. Um, we can feel happy, of course. But we have to acknowledge that there are other things that maybe aren't so happy. You know, there are things, like I said, there's birth and there's death. There's light and there's dark. There's so many different variables. Absolutely. I kind of look at it a bit like a continuum line, you know, and you've got the the, the squiggly line that goes up and the squiggly line that goes down. and But there's a constant line that runs right through the middle, and I suppose it's a bit like a pendulum. You know, you, you have your mm. ups as it goes up and then it swings through a middle point and then it, you know, and then it goes down and, 
and and I, for me personally, you know, the happiness is that constant state in the middle. You might go up yeah. and you might go down, but you you have a sense of peace and calm because you are able to more often than not stay in that middle part. <laughs> yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I agree. So, Andrea, you know, you've lived through loss of your mum and and a, a tough time with your own health. So what are your thoughts then on living with loss? Well, um, I think that living with loss is literally just understanding that it's a part of life. You know that you're going to come into this planet, you're going to inhabit a human body, right? You know, hopefully. Some people may come in as other things. Maybe a cat. Right, right. A cat I think they don't love to come back as a cat. I think they have the, the best life. Well, my cats do anyway. That's right. Probably sitting by the fireplace, right around yeah, the windowsill. Feed me. No, just go and have a sleep. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that, that living with loss is just understanding that it's part of it. It's part of the entire thing, our existence here. And it makes us who we are. You know, like how, can, how do we deal with loss? Um, so I think that living with loss is, is part of our being, but then how do we deal with that loss? You know, like some people can't cope with loss. You know, like, uh, and you hear about it all the time. Uh, to a couple, they're together for 50 years or 60 years or 70 years, and one partner dies, and within weeks, the next person, you know, the, the other partner goes because they can't, they can't be with the loss. They don't want to be here. With, they literally with die of a broken heart, don't they? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and then they, they probably get up to uh, the universe and the other partner's going, what the heck did you do? Yeah, yeah what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I got away from you. <laughs> oh, God, that's a terrible thing. You know, they're like, you had another good 10 years. What, yeah. what are you doing up here? Yeah, so I think living with loss is just understanding that it's it's part of this experience. Mm, absolutely it is. So so when we get to the stage where we want to move positively forward in our life, um, you know, we've been through so much. How how do we start that process? Is it a something that we in our mind shifts or do you think it's a gradual thing? Um, well, you know, it depends on the person. You know, like for some people, they can bounce back very quickly. And then some people is, is more of a gradual shift. For me, getting over the loss of the, my mom was incorporating the new things that I learned and applying them to my own life. Um, and not only that, but, you know, like every time that I, like I'll open the newspaper sometimes and I'll read a story and I just start crying. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's my mom. <laughs> Right? So even though she's not here, I know that my cells are made up of her cells and my dad too. You know, like I do things that, that my dad would do and I'm like, oh my gosh, my dad's not here either. But I am my mother and my father for sure. And it brings me great comfort actually because they're not here in, the, in their own physical body, but the essence of them is living in me, in my physical body here on the planet. So they're always with me. They're always with me. Um, and I'm sure, you know, that's the same for grandparents and loved ones and anyone. You know, we, we carry them literally in ourselves, um, you know, especially the people that we're related to. And it's, it's just a, it's a very comforting, comforting feeling, at least for me. Like, 
I, I look in the mirror and I see my mom's eyes. You know, I see my dad's hair. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So you also, I mean, you had a loss. Um, you know, for you personally, your own body, you, oh, yeah. you, you know, you had a loss because of an illness. So, and a lot of people listening in will be like you. They may not have um, lost someone through death, but it might be that they their life has changed because of an illness, or they may have lost their job, or you know, it might just be a divorce situation. So, in that case. Um, you know, how did you motivate yourself to go, right, okay, I need to do something differently now? Yes, that, that's exactly what happened. When I was diagnosed with my thyroid condition, you know, I was given the option by my doctor, listen, you need to take radioactive iodine to destroy your thyroid and then be on medication for the rest of your life. And when the doctor said radioactive, you know, like immediately, like <laughs> all the red flags, yeah, it went up on me, and I was like, no, I, I went through radiation with my mom. I watched that. I watched that whole process. I don't, I don't want to destroy my body. I want to support it. I want to heal it. So for me, that, that loss of, um, it was, I was not healthy. I had a, a loss of health. I was um, probably 30 pounds heavier than I am now. I was chronically sick. Uh, energy levels were up and down. You know, like I, they were up, of course, when I had like five cups of coffee. <laughs> and then they were down when I had to get out of the bed and try and get to work or slug my way to the job, you know. Um, so, you know, loss for me was a loss of health. And really coming back from that was making a mind shift that I'm here in this physical body on this planet at this time, and if I don't care for myself, who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? I have to take my health into my own hands. I have to be responsible for the food and the drinks and the air and everything that goes into my physical body that's going to become me on a cellular level. I really have to be very conscious of it. I also have to be conscious of the food that I take into my mind because that's going to become me also on a cellular level in my energetic body and my emotional body. So there's so many factors that, that come into play. And for me, the loss of the health helped me reclaim my health because it's only when you, when you lose something that you can actually seek to find it. You know, like if you've lost your way, uh, of course, well, now I have to find a new way to get there. I have to find a new direction. I have to find my way through this muck and mire that I've created, which was an unhealthy body. So for me, taking my health back into my own hands was unbelievably empowering. You know, that was 20 years ago. I have not had to diet for the past 20 years. My health is good. My weight is good. My thyroid is normal. I didn't have to take radiation. Uh, it's, you know, I'm, I, I feel completely blessed and awake and aware and thankful for my experiences. My loss with my mom, my loss of my own health, uh, you know, it's, it's all helped to point me in the direction of, hey, try this path. Let's try this way. Try this and see what happens. Yeah, and isn't it isn't it funny how it often takes a monumental disaster in our life to actually give us the big kick up the rear end that we need to make a change? Otherwise, we're quite happy to just cruise through life. It's yeah. a it's the funniest human nature thing out there. I mean, not funny, ha ha. It's uh, it's quite odd. <laughs> yeah, it's quite yeah. odd. It's it's a quirky thing that happens to us. Mm. 
get too complacent. Yeah. yeah. So Andrea, our summit audience wants to hear how to create a life of purpose and passion and fulfillment and do what you're doing, you know, leading this wonderful life. What tips would you like to share with us to help us all do that too? Well, the first tip that I want to share with you guys is to really get connected to yourself. You know, like um, get connected to who you are and take care of yourself. When, you know, the Buddha said it's a, it's a duty to take care of the body so that the mind is clear. So I'm a firm believer that the healthier you are in your physical body or the more you, you don't have to have sparkling clean health, by the way, but just the more you take care of yourself and really nourish yourself on a deep level and give your body the nutrients that it needs, it's going to function better. And when it functions better, everything's going to function better. The physical body, the emotional body, the energetic body, the mind, you know, like if the mind is not cluttered and clouded with all of the, you know, the extra processes that it has to go through, well, I've got to digest this, watch out for these toxins, you know, your, your body's going in a million different unhealthy ways when you get more balanced and really take your health back the mind starts to get clear and this was one of the first things that I noticed when I actually transformed my health was that yeah I was working on my physical body but an amazing thing started to happen to my mind and my mind is part of my physical body but I mean the bigger mind I started to get more clear literally clarity came and I was like wow this world is an amazing place. It's an amazing place, and there's so much to learn, and there's so much to do, which is number two. Like the first thing is I say, really, take care of your body. Put yourself first, number one. You are number one. Own it. Live it. You are that body. Get in there. <laughs> and then yeah. the second thing is take a class, any class, or learn something new. Because when we're in the act of doing rather than sitting, like a lot of us, uh, you know, I'd say a good deal of the population will just sit and watch either television or the computer or they don't engage in life in a bigger way. They'll sit and watch other people engaging in life. And I think that that's fun once in a while. But Watching sport <laughs> instead yeah, of playing sport. Mm. Yes, yes, watch the sport, but definitely get out and play the sport, mm. you know, because when you're in the activity of doing something in the world, it actually sparks creativity. It sparks inspiration. It gets all of your, your juices flowing, so to speak. But when we sit complacently, sit on the couch, right, like couch potato or whatever it is, mm. then nothing moves. So you'll, it's almost like a stagnant body, stagnant mind. So I really encourage people to take a class, learn something new, uh, go out, do a sport, anything, just to get your, your body moving, to get the mind moving. So you can find out, well, do I like this? Do I not like this? I remember um, I read an article about Albert Einstein many years ago, and he said that he would do uh, knitting or crocheting. He said he liked it because it worked both sides of his brain. So I went downtown, and I, um, and I joined a knitting class, and by the end of the class, I knew that knitting wasn't for me. <laughs> but if I would have never taken that class, I might have always thought, well, maybe maybe I could do knitting. It Gee, our grandparents must have had really great um, left-right brain functions. <laughs> they did a lot of knitting back then. They did a lot of knitting. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. 
Mm. Okay, so we're taking care of our body and then we're going off and we're doing a class. And like you say, it doesn't have to be a, a, a sports class. It could be learning to knit, um, learning to paint, um, learning to write poetry. It could be anything, couldn't it? Learning to play a yes. musical instrument. Mm. Yes, anything. Just Just start to do, start to take action. Start to really get into the world in a bigger way. I guess that also comes back to redefining and rediscovering the things that you used to love to do or the things yeah. that inspire you and motivate you. And when you're just sitting on your on your butt watching other people doing the things that they love, um, it's not very inspiring or motivating. That's true. Mm. That's true. I mean, they may be inspired momentarily, but I want, you know, I really encourage people to get in it. Don't sit on the sidelines. That's fun once in a while, but get in it. Really immerse yourself in it. Um, you know, and one of the ways, another thing, an, another tip would be to get into the space of self-love. And I don't mean in a narcissistic way. I mean in a really loving, I love myself, so I'm going to give myself what I really want. A lot of people will go through their entire life and they don't give themselves things that they want or things that they want to do. A, they may think that they don't deserve it. Or B, you know, they, maybe they, they want to give to everybody else and they don't give to themselves. And I'm going to suggest that they get into the space of really, truly looking in the mirror and saying, oh, my gosh, I totally love me. I love me, and because I do, I'm going to take care of myself and I'm going to give myself the things that I need. So I read a great book many years ago by Louise Hay. It was called You Can Heal Your Life. And she had I love, that book. <laughs> I love that book. It was so good. And she had this exercise where you stand and you look in the mirror and you tell yourself that you love yourself. And I remember standing in, in the in front of the mirror and going, Come on, this is so stupid. <laughs> really? Going? You know? <laughs> but then after a few weeks I was like, Oh my gosh, I totally get this. I totally get it. I'm honoring and acknowledging my existence here on the planet and really getting into that space of self-love and like I said not in a narcissistic way but in a very loving way where I am important where um where I matter you know because like I said a lot of people especially I see this a lot with moms moms will put themselves last and then take care of everyone else right in the whole entire universe they put themselves last sometimes at at the um expense of their own health and their own life and their own dreams and their own goals and uh and I think that Really, if you get into that space of, yeah, I'm important too, then we put ourselves into a, in a really important position. You know, it's, it's not just the president of the, com- the country who is important. You know, it's not just the world leaders or this person or that. Every single person on the planet has some sense of importance. And when you get into that space of, I love me, then you honor it. And you say, yes, I can totally give this to this person because I love them. You know, like we don't even blink an eye or think twice when we love someone else. We're like, of course, I love my husband. I love my, my children. I'll do everything for them. So I really want to encourage people to get into that same space with their own self. Yes, of course, I love me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for me. I'm going to take that class that I've been wanting to take for 25 years. I'm going to turn the, the bedroom, the second bedroom, into an art studio and go paint. I'm going to write that book. You know, because I acknowledge me and I love me and I'm important. 
Amen to that, I say. (laughs) Excellent, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot just for a moment, Andrea, because I, I'm, I'm curious to know, when you said, you know, talking about diet and there was things that you fed your mum that really made a difference to her and, and that you changed your diet, and I know you're all about um, health and food and nutrition. So just quickly, what are three things that we should be eating every day? Oh, well, that's going to change. That's going to change all year round. But three ah, things. So yes. seasonal. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. When you get in harmony with what the earth naturally provides for you wherever you live, it actually helps the body become more balanced. It will help to balance the endocrine system. You know, like I'll give a great example. Um, I'm in New York City, and in the middle of winter it could be four degrees. I could go to any grocery store, and I could get um, – Watermelon, papaya, bananas, <laughs> right? I could get any, any yeah. all of that stuff. But mm. is that the right food for me in the middle of winter time when my body actually wants more fat and more protein and less sugar and carbohydrates? So when the physical body is in alignment with the elements, it, it starts to run much better, much smoother. You'll sleep better at night. You'll wake up earlier, right, because you're really getting in alignment with the seasons and the cycles and all that stuff. It will also regulate the, um, the menstrual cycle if, if you still have one, you know. Like um, uh, for the women, you know, the young, young gals from 14 until however long, you know, like up into the mid-50s and 60s, they could still have their menstrual cycle. And one of the ways to regulate that is to actually get out in nature, to um, start to be with the cycles of the moon and the sun and the seasons and all that stuff. So the first thing that I would recommend is that people get in touch with what is growing in the environment where they live and what is the season. And the other thing is to eat clean. You know, like um, uh, there's so much information out there now. I mean, we can't hide it anymore about the negative effects of, um, pesticides and chemicals and fungicides and all the stuff that we spray onto the produce, you know, that we, we eat. They're, they're, you can't deny it anymore. It's everywhere. You know, they, those are endocrine disruptors. We have plasticizers in the food. Oh, my gosh, it's crazy. So I highly suggest that people eat clean. So that means food that's naturally grown, naturally raised, animals that are naturally raised and not living in feedlots and on factory farms because we literally are what we eat. Everything that I eat is going to become my cells. You know, it's going to become my blood, and my blood is going to feed every single organ in my body. So I want that food that I take into my system that's going to become me on a cellular level. I want that food to be the best. I want it to be clean. I want it to be naturally raised. I want it to be lovingly prepared. Uh, you know, that's, that's another thing. You know, if it's just slopped together in a fast food joint, where's the care that was put into it? So I, it's not yeah. so much, yeah, specific foods, but just more general, um, you know, like how we eat and, you know, what we can eat. I think the, the modern mind thinks that it, food is all about um, when we're hungry, we eat to take away the, the feeling of hunger. I think a lot of times we forget that the f- food that we're eating is actually the fuel that is building our body and running our body, not just to take away that feeling of hunger. And I, 
I look at it like, you know, you have your car or a vehicle or a machine, you put in dirty fuel and it won't run properly, it'll break down. And our body is just the same with dirty fuel, isn't it? That's right. That's right. So keep it clean, keep it seasonal, and prepare it with love. Excellent, excellent. Very good advice, everybody. Now, um, Andrea, I understand, actually, you have something very exciting that you would like to offer one of our listeners today. Could you tell us a little bit about what that is? Oh, sure. It's, it's actually a lot of stuff. Oh, yay. <laughs> it, Presents. Yes, it's <laughs> it's yes. a three-book bundle and uh, two DVDs. So I have uh, three books. I have a fourth book on the way. And it's all about, you know, like my first book is inspiring people to really – you know, get up and take care of themselves. And my second book teaches people about food, what it is, and and how to cook it, and has like 120 recipes. And then the third book is how to make it affordable. You know, it's called Health is Wealth. So it teaches people, you know, how to shop, where to shop, what, why to shop for these specific ingredients. Um, and then, of course, how to make it and prepare it so that you're not in the kitchen 100 hours a day <laughs> and that you're not spending all your money you know, on you know, shows you how to make the the best choices, um, and also how to save money. And then, of course, I have two DVDs. I have um, an adrenal DVD and a thyroid DVD. So all of that will be available for one of your lucky winners. Yay! That is going to be such a wonderful resource for someone. So, folks, the way you have the opportunity to win that awesome prize is you pop on over over to Andrea's website and the link for you to do that is in the email that came out with this interview so all you need to do is click on that link it will take you straight to Andrea's website where you can sign up for her her newsletter and all her information so if you do that that's all you need to do and that will put you into the draw to win that awesome awesome prize thank you Andrea that's very generous of you wonderful Oh, you're welcome. So, Andrea, we are um, up to time, and um, but is there anything else that you would like to add that perhaps we haven't covered or that you would just like to leave us with as a take-home message? Well, yeah, I think maybe just a, a take-home message, and that is to love and honor yourself, you know, your whole life and, and any loss, and keep moving forward because that's why you're here. You're here to experience. And um, and that's part of it. So I really encourage people to experience all aspects of life, even the painful stuff. Ah, absolutely. Well, folks, that's all we've got time for today. So I'd like to say a great big thank you to Andrea for all the wonderful information you shared with us. It's been absolutely fun and I've really enjoyed our time today so thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me and thank you to all our listeners for listening in to today's session of the Happiness After Loss Summit I hope you've got lots of information to inspire you for this for this day and uh, we look forward to seeing you again another day I'm Lois McCullough goodbye for now and warmest wishes and love to you all <music> 